This is Donnie Hess, the head coach of the Des Moines Roosters, huge Swans fan and footy correspondent for the fourth and long radio podcast. And you are listening to a yank on the footy. Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 147 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I thank you for checking out this episode. We sit down to continue our 2022 preview episodes, and I had the pleasure to sit down and talk with Donnie Hess, the head coach of the Des Moines Roosters. He is also a host on 4th and Long Radio with his show Donnie's Disposals. Just He is a significant ambassador in growing the game of footy here in the United States, whether it be playing here in this country or garnering interest in watching the AFL and the other comps here in the U.S. as well. We're going to be talking about his beloved Sydney Swans in this episode. Don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll consider checking it out. You can leave me a voicemail there. You can share your views on an issue from a previous round. You can also sign up for the mailing list, and if you'd like to leave a review for the podcast, you can do that there as well. And a huge thank you to Tim for his support today. And Tim, I am humbled by the kind words that you left in that review. And if you really want to help the podcast grow, those reviews are the best way to do it, because this lets me then share out on my social media that there are other people who appreciate the show, and that organic growth is going to help to make it a much more... uh, attractive show for people to listen to. If you'd like to help out the show, consider uh, checking out the Buy Me a Coffee page. There's that little button in the left bottom left-hand corner. And if you're interested in any podcast here, you can check out my Redbubble page. And Tim, thank you again. You uh, did pick up some coffees for me today, and I cannot, cannot thank you enough, sir. Truly appreciate it. I do hope that you enjoy my chat with Donnie Hess as we preview the Sydney Swans. And uh, Donnie and uh, myself and 10 other people had our fantasy draft last night, and I believe I ended up with two swans myself on my club. So sit back and enjoy, folks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest for our Sydney Swans preview is somebody who's also in a very similar time zone. I kind of like the way this works out for me here. This is two in a row now. I was in Toronto earlier in the week. Uh, He's the head coach of the Des Moines Roosters Australian Rules football team. He's a footy correspondent for Fourth and Long Radio with his show Donnie's Disposals and is also the co-host of the Coach Hess Sports Corner. I am thrilled to be joined by Donnie Hess for this episode. Donnie, thanks for coming on, man. Not a problem, Craig. Fellow podcaster of Aussie Rules Footballs joining each other. What a great time to talk for Abs- Absolutely. Well, I have my first question for you. Uh, is our fantasy draft going to work this weekend? It should. I, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. Every, everything, the, the time chain hasn't changed. For those of you that don't know this, we, we had a we had a lovely lovely uh, draft set up. It was all Americans. Twelve Americans have set up through through different parts. In fact, we have all four time zones covered. And we had an issue. We were supposed to draft this weekend, and some technical dish issues with Telstra's AFL Fantasy app kind of caused us to get together 
and then find out we're going to have to do the draft in a week. As far as I know, nothing has changed. The fun part may be our the lovely daylight savings time is this weekend here in the States, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. I may have to let everybody know. We may be drafting an hour earlier. We'll have to see. I don't think so, but we'll have to see. But yes, we should be able to do our draft just before the AFL season gets going this Wednesday. Oh, crap. I forgot about that. Uh <laughs> I need that extra hour of sleep with all the episodes I'm going to be publishing this weekend. So um, before we dive into the, you know, talking about the club, I have to ask you a hypothetical question here. And this was actually going to be the first question here. So if you were at the, if you were at the grounds, if you had the opportunity to be at the grounds when buddy kicks number 1000, which is going to happen here pretty soon, are you running out on the grounds? Oh, for sure. I'm, 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 I don't care. I'm, I would be, I would be right there front row if i have to jump something i i definitely would you, you got to keep the tradition because i mean i i kind of agree with what some of the pundits have said this this may be the last ever yeah thousand goal kicker that the afl has unless the unless the rule changes and you get somebody that can stay for 15 20 years i i have a hard time seeing another thousand goal kicker unless you get guys that are kicking 50 consistently and that's not always as easily said as done yeah that's, that's a great point. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I, I, and I guess I never thought about that, but if you were to, if you were to equate him kicking a thousand goals to a, a, a sports threshold here in the U S what do you think that that would be akin to? Oh, you, you hate saying it, it, it. And I know this is something that you've discussed in your podcast a couple of times. We'll, we'll go to the redheaded stepchild of this baseball and that's hitting 4,000 hits, not 3,000. 4,000 because okay. it's just such a difficult motto because you have to be consistent. Like, I mean, plugger, plugger lock, it, it may never be touched. And, and I don't think many people would argue that that's not a bad thing, but I mean, the guy kicked more 50 goals, see more multiple goals than most of the guys behind him combined. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not an easy thing to do. We don't have a hundred goal kickers anymore. The last hundred goal kicker is buddy. And that was like 10 years ago. Right, right. So, I mean, the the last couple of years, the Coleman winner has had not had more than 70 in the last six years. So it just shows you how difficult this is. So if you kick 70 to get to a thousand, you got to play over 10 years, which again, the average footy players playing three, maybe four seasons. So it is a very, very difficult accomplishment and especially with the full forward kind of slowly kind of leaving the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have that person just kind of plunking themselves down there waiting for the kick to come inside 50 so they can. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a good point. Um, you know, that this is uh, I don't know if you saw the Fox footies uh, ladder predictions yet. That was got posted a little while ago today, but they have your swans outside of the eight. That was, I, that was interesting. They, they, I, I, I did see that. And I was, I was a little taken aback by it because I know several pundits in, in, in some of the, in, in some of the circles that I, there's some talking, they could, they could slip into the fourth, into the fourth spot in the yeah. top four because of the fact that they are so young, they are so talented. And, and the fact that you add Pete Laddams over the off season, which I think increases your rock stocks. It gives you another tall forward. I mean, Hickey, Hickey had, a season to remember last year. Oh, I mean, he was, you asked most, you, you asked most Swans fans, nobody saw Tim, Tom Hickey coming in and doing what he did. Nobody. Right, right. I mean, 
even me at the eternal optimist when it comes to this once i did not see i saw hickey coming in being good enough he, he would do what we needed to he far outseated it i mean it, it, i almost made the argument is they lose that they lost that gws game early in the season and if hickey doesn't go down i don't think they lose that game yeah. That, that's how much it affected the Swan season. There's a win that could have put them in the top four last year that could have changed it. So Laddams comes in, it gives you a younger, it gives you the ability that if Hickey does go down, you've got a stable backup. He played really well at Port. Yes, they lose Jordan Dawson over the offseason, but I think with McInerney, with Nick Blakey, with, with Campbell, I think they've got the ability to make up for it. And another name that I'm, I'm going to put in most Swan, and most Swans know this name, Will Gould is a young great ball moving back that has just taken a little bit of time to get there. And I think Jordan Dawson's departure may open the door for this young man to potentially see senior footy. And some people are going to go, Whoa, this kid wasn't playing senior footy. It'll be <laughs> fascinating to see. Well, yeah. And, I, and I'm looking at, you know, he hasn't got his first game yet and he's already 21 years of age. So, mm-hmm. and I'm not familiar with that name. So where has he been? He has, um, the, the one thing that I, I, I kind of like is I've, I've connected with the, the rookie me um, central down in Australia, which is a, which is a kind of recruiting and, and scouting. And he just, he had some issues with his conditioning with, okay. with his athleticism. So I think the Swans really kind of brought him in and, and they already had a really good defense. They've always been known for their well, well, well done defense, but they let him get his conditioning and his athleticism to work up to AFL standard. He, he, he's a great player, but he didn't have the stamina mm-hmm. to be able to play AFL footy. So he's spent two seasons learning under coach Longmire and under the Swans kind of umbrella of, of work. And yes, I think this is the year he comes in because all talks that I've heard, he's training really well. His conditioning is where it needs to be. He's always okay. been great with the footy. It's just he hasn't been able to be at AFL level. And maybe right. this year might be his year. Well, and and you figure, you know, you know, with the implementation of, you know, reduced rotations, you know, mm-hmm. you if you've got somebody that that's not at, you know, at peak physical condition. Not that I would know a damn thing about that. Uh, Neither would I. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting closer to it. But uh, yeah, I, you know, you have to be very wary of who you bring into your side because of the fact that you've only got you know a limited number of times to swap people out on the ground. So that's, yep. yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, I think this is a talented side. And and you know, looking at that uh, that ladder prediction, I mean, they 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 put they've got Richmond climbing all the way back into the three spot and Carlton, you know, jumping up to seven. When I, when I looked at it, there's two teams that I, that I, that I would say I I can get there. I'm not sure if they will. And that's Carlton and that's Essendon. Mm -hmm. Like I think Essendon's got the ability to make it in. And and I did a preview show with, with fourth and long. And I, if I remember correctly, I think I did actually have Essendon in the eight. I just think Carlton is still a little inconsistent and I'm worried it'll creep up on them. Yes. Coach Voss is there. And I think that will really change this Carlton's teams. I think they've got the talent and the skill 
It's do they have the consistency and can they get through some of these injuries? Walsh is hurt. That Makai is hurt. They're still fighting a lot of injuries on this team that, right, that right. for some of their top 22. And I think the Swans a little bit, I think many people expect that kind of sophomore slump, as some would say, because nobody saw Sydney doing what they did last year. Nobody did. Not even me. We chatted about that yeah. in last year's episode. And I remember saying, I, I would be happy with 10 through 12. Right, right. And they finished sixth. So right. I, it was not something I expected, especially going four and one in their first five games, including beating Richmond on the MCG, which most people don't beat Richmond on the MCG. So I, I think Sydney's there. The question will be, is they're not a surprise this year. It's kind of like Melbourne. They're not a surprise this year. Everybody knows what they are this yeah. year. So will it change how they play? I still think they've got great ball movement. I think they've still got these young hungry players that I think are ready to get Sydney back where I think a lot of people saw Sydney years before. So I I'm excited, but I don't, I don't think it's a, a jump to say Sydney could miss because there's 10 to 12 teams that if they're on point mm -hmm. can make the finals yeah. this year. So I think it's going to be a slog just to get into the finals, let alone when the finals start. The and I didn't jot this one down, but it's something that kind of popped into my head to follow up what I asked you about earlier. But uh, do you think that there could be some kind of a strange occurrence that happens after Buddy kicks 1,000 that, that it, you know, it was, it was kind of a distraction. We got to get Buddy to 1,000. We got to get Buddy to 1,000. We got him there. What do we do next? I, I almost want to flip it and say it's the opposite. Okay. Like, and I, and I know it's kind of weird, but I think it's the opposite because that was the biggest discussion last year at the end of the season, even when they were going to the finals. And I remember even some announcers were, were kind of on that buddy, kick your goal so you can get to the thousand. Like mm -hmm. you could kind of tell that they wanted to do it. And it did kind of in a couple of the games late in the season, they did kind of go back to buddy centric as I hear the swans get called a lot too, is that they're too buddy centric. They go to buddy where early in the season with and without buddy, they weren't, they were mm -hmm. spreading it out. Isaac Heaney was good. Papley was, was, was really good. Um, Wicks was, was right there. James Bell had come in. McLean had that great McLean had that great game against Collingwood when they were really cracking. It wasn't buddy central, Buddy was kicking his goals. He was still getting two or three three but logan mcdonald was there and all these youngsters were getting that shot where when it when he got to 995 you started seeing 990 people started seeing hayward and some of the they're trying to get the ball to buddy and sometimes they were forcing it and it was right, cost, right. it was costing them points yeah so i'm almost kind of the opposite like i kind of want in this gws game in these first two games of the season i want him to get it out of the way okay because that's once that's point. done then they don't have to worry about it because there's not a massive next step that, that he's going to get to once he gets past a thousand, I think everybody's going to kind of relax and then the swans are going to play. I, yeah. I, I think buddy wants to point. win a flag. I really think buddy wants to win a flag in Sydney. He wants, okay. he wants to do that because the way he has nurtured Papley Hayward, Heaney, uh, Wicks, Bell, all these young forwards. Mm -hmm. I like, I love, and I've said this on a couple of podcasts. I said, I love when the other guys kick goals because Buddy's one of the first guys there to hug them. Yeah. And give them a high five or tell them great job. Like, Buddy's the first one there. I love that he has been able to step up and be a great, experienced, nurturing fellow forward. Yes, he has his moments where he gives his midfielders a death stare because they don't give him the footy. And that <laughs> happens. 
but but you expect that he's a competitor he wants to get the footy when he does right but right. he also knows that the team's success in the long run is what he wants because he's going to get all the the big accolades i mean i think eventually he's going to be a hall of famer there's mm-hmm. there's no discussion on that yeah i would think yeah again last thousand goal kicker last hundred goal kicker cross our fingers that isn't true but i i have a bad feeling it will be at least for the time being but he really is team oriented he wants to win a flag you can yeah. kind of tell and this this group has really kind of gelled around him that i think i want that a thousand to get out of the way like i i've heard That's- some people in sydney they want it in the second game not the first I want it in the first because if he kicks five against GWS, that's a big win for the yeah. Swans. If well, he kicks five, be, they're they're humming. It would be, yeah, and I guess that makes sense. It would be a kind of a, a pressure release valve. You know, it would mm-hmm. it would allow in some, and this is maybe not the the right vernacular to use, but it would allow the club to unpucker a little bit, if you yep. will, and just you know just kind of go. Okay, now we're back to playing footy. That's yeah. Yep. I think you're right to turn that on it, turn that on its head there. So that's yeah. uh, um, you know, you you've uh, you know, you mentioned uh, young Mister Gould. Yeah, you know, is there anybody else that you see possibly pushing their way into the twenty-two that hasn't been there, um, you hmm. know, in a regular basis in the past? See, I. Will Gold would have been my first would have been my first answer right off the top of my head. I, I I'm wanting to see how Patty McCartan because I've I've the, the talk is he's playing really really well. I'm I I'm kind of odd from most Swans fans. I didn't watch much of the Amy series. I don't like preseason footy. I think it it, it tells me very little mm-hmm. in the long run because not everybody's playing as hard as they can. You're getting semi half good teams semi full teams you're not getting the whole thing so i don't put a ton of stock into the amy to the amy series a little bit unlike some fans that you win two games in the amy series and they're talking about winning the grand final patty mccartan's one i want to see does he come in and play the back role that i think a lot of people are talking about him and will will gould come in and then some of the draft picks, um, Ang- Angus Sheldrick, who's a, a bull midfielder, um, will he see time this season? I'm not sure if he will, just because you do have such a deep youth. And the brother of Chad Warner, Corey Warner, is another one that I've, I've heard very good things of in training, that he's electric on the wing. And then seeing Nick Blakey back. Blakey uh, hurt his ankle late in the season. I think it did hurt the Swans a little bit because he's such an exciting player, a great left boot kind of found his niche a little bit in that halfback flanker spot that I think he really played well. Him and McInerney back there were, were absolutely electric there for a while. So a lot of, there's a lot of positives to come out, but uh, and I think the last one would be Logan McDonald because does buddy get more rest days because he played a lot last year, which mm-hmm. is surprising to me. I think he played 14 or 15 games last year with a combination of injury and being rested, which was a lot more than I was expecting. I was expecting two games, game off, two games, game off, two games, game off, because he hasn't had a long extended time playing footy. So it was great to see it. Will he be this year be two games on one game off, two games on one game off? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if he's training well and he's playing well and feeling good, I don't mind him staying on the park. But if this team is it wants to be a legitimate flag contender, maybe giving Buddy a game off here or there might not be a bad thing in the that's long. That's a great. That's a good point. Yeah, and I. Do you? Uh, what are what are things that? Uh, 
Well, let me ask, let me ask you the glass half full here first. So what, what indicators are you going to be looking at as you're watching this club going through the first, you know, third of the season, what are you going to be looking at that tells you, okay, this is going well for us this year. What are the indicators you're looking for? I think just, just staying consistent. Again, I think as kind of the, the, the AFL, the, the, the prediction ladder where they have them ninth is I think some people think they take a step back. I think if they stay, if they're at least the same, if they're four, four and two, five and one, six and oh, in the first six games, they're off to the start that I think they really want to. Again, I, I, I haven't really delved into the first six games as much. I'm, I'm kind of one of those one game at a time type of fans, mm-hmm. because if I start thinking two, three, four games in advance, well, I'm, I'm taking for granted a team like GWS in our first game, that's not an easy game. Even without right. Toby, Toby green, right. that's still a tough team that knocked us out of the finals last year. Yeah. Even so, so I don't want to sit here and go two, three, four games in advance. If they're four and two, five and one, if they have a positive record and they're close to the eight or, or in the eight, we've started off well, okay. but it's the mid part of the season that I think everybody looks at is that's, that's when and you kind of make or break whether you're going to be in the finals can finals talk or not. So on the flip side of that coin, then what are going to, what are going to be the, the things that if you see them, you're going to go, Oh crap, this is, we need to hit the reset button here real quick and get, get our ducks in a row again. Uh, I I think, I think really it's, it's how's the record after the first five or six games. I mean, makes sense. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll go, I'll go through it again. Like I, I'll, I'll say it is, it's not an easy first four or five games for Sydney. They got GWS, Geelong, the Western Bulldogs, North Melbourne, West Coast, and Hawthorne for their first six games. Their first three games might could potentially be three losses. That's that's it could potentially happen that way, whether it will or not. Again, I, it all just kind of depend. How does GWS handle Toby Toby Green? Are, are the talks that Geelong, which I know Geelong is your favorite team, is Geelong too old? I don't think so because it's footy. If, if, if played right, I don't think it matters on the age. If you play it correctly, you can beat anybody. Plain well, let's hope, let's hope, dog- I'm hoping so. <laughs> I mean, the doggies, the doggies are the doggies. I mean, they, yeah. they're a really good team. Yeah. That's not an easy one. Sydney nipped them last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the doggies come back with a little bit of revenge on their minds? North Melbourne is a difficult opponent is a difficult oh, opponent yeah, yeah. because I think they're going to be just as tough. You add Jason Horn Francis, you ask you, you add Horn Francis and Greenwood to an already really good midfield. That's not an easy test. And then West coast, if Jack Darling is back, which it looks like all indications he potentially be the West coast gets a bump a little bit. So that's the first five games of this season. And none of them are easy. Yeah, I mean, there well, is and- no cakewalk this year not at it's all. it's interesting that you, you know you mentioned jack darling there and just as he, as we were getting ready to sit down and talk you know we came to the realization that it doesn't sound like as though he's been wearing a band-aid at any time in recent weeks so, <laughs> i uh, uh that I, was fascinating to find out he is vaccinated and he can join the team as early as as early as tomorrow um, that, i'm like i'm sitting here going wow i'm curious to know as as to when it actually happened though because as you said, it sounds like it had, had, that he'd been vaccinated for a while. Was he just was he just going to enjoy training away from the club? Was that what was going on there? Well, and, and I hate saying it. Some people kind of called it out is, is that when West Coast got close to potentially just basically putting him on IR and barely giving him much of his contract, he went, oh, yeah, I, I did. I'm okay. 
and I, and I hate saying that because it's an assumption. I really don't mm-hmm. know. And again, I, I understand why some people don't want to say that, but honestly, you knew about this. You knew what the qualifications are for you right. to play. Right. I, I understand. I, I really do. And I, and I try not to force people into things, but I mean, you were told exactly what you needed to do to play footy and you decided to hold out for some random reason. I'm not sure if the West coast Eagles, again, they need him are going to welcome him with open arms. Shall I say, because this, this kind of is a, is a kind of proverbial, you know, what to your teammates. <laughs> exactly. Yep, one of those. Yes. You, you won't be, you won't be able to see the hand gesture that I just gave, but I think it was spot on um, yep. in a, I believe in a circular motion and then straight up. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. Yes, we, I was making a martini. That's what I was doing there. I was rubbing the lemon around the rim of the glass there in the circular. We were motion. shaking, not stirred, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, who are you uh, tipping as your club's best and fairest this year? You got a prediction oh, on that? This, this is this is always fun because it really kind of depends on a few injuries. Um, I would love to see Isaac Heaney. um, with his potential sound like he's going to move a lot more into the midfield, I think make more of an impact in the game. He's a great goal kicker. Um, My worry is with Tom Papley's injury. I think that might be stifled a little bit. I think they may keep Papley in the forward line until uh, keep Heaney in the forward line until Papley comes back from his hamstring injury. But it's, it's always Jake Lloyd's going to be there because he's a disposal machine. He's such a great ball user. Um, Luke Parker is, is always right there. The, the tough, hard nut little midfielder that always tends to find and kick goals on Isaac Heaney would be my top three. I, I think Heaney would be my, with the one, I think it'd be awesome to see him win it because he's a young player he's an up and coming leader. And I think he's the guy that signs a brand new six year contract, which potentially sounds like he could be a swan for life. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. Does he play longer than that? Um, I, I'd love to see this young up and coming superstar become that, best and fairest and that that next elite midfielder slash elite player for the swans for for the future right yeah and you had a, you know you had a couple of players you had both you know heaney and uh golden who signed on for another uh couple of years beyond this year as well and so you're yep. Errol, you're starting yep. to starting to put some some pieces in places pieces in place for the long term there now you know i you you mentioned this before and, and i and i you know, you, you talked about uh, Peter Laddams, you talked about, you know, Hickey's role last year, which, you know, he went down with that knee injury and it just looked like he's done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I believe, I think he missed one round. Did he not? He missed like yep. one game. It was, it was, it was one game. Yeah. Yep. And it's just, you know, unbelievable. And it, 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 you have to wonder just what is going on inside his leg. Uh, it's uh, hopefully not what's going on inside Tony Hawk's leg. I don't know if you saw the pictures of him having his little skateboarding accident there but uh mm-hmm. that that was a that's a fracture if you haven't seen that yet um yeah that was ugly um remind yeah, hickey's hickey's was a pcl strain and they were worried yeah. it was going to cost him six weeks and they taped it up he trained yep, he trained a little bit and it ended up being you you could definitely tell sometimes in rucking competitions if he rucking um contest if he banged that knee mm-hmm. against somebody he'd kind of limp a little bit right, he'd right. kind of shrug it off and he'd be okay but you could definitely you could definitely tell it was like he 
he, he warriored through it. And I think a lot of Swans fans, he became a, a, a folklore hero for that season last year yeah, a, because a of, of what a he lot did. Of grit. A lot oh, of grit. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ask this one here and this just seems like as good a time as any here. Um, are we, are we going to see a grand final rematch this year? Are, can, can anybody prevent those two clubs from getting back there? The only team, I, 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 I love this because I did my preview show earlier and it was the one discussion we had, not only was the finals difficult, but how many teams, how many teams got better over the off season and how many teams could be, be in that run for the flag and, and, and Richmond until that, until that particular dragon is down fully, which mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to come back. I think they're a potential final team this year. Brisbane is the team I think that's going to be the foil to one of those two. Because they are, they were really, really good last year. I think the hipwood injury really hurt them going into the finals, which is the reason why they went out in straight sets again. Right, right. But they get Cam Reyna back. That is a big, mm-hmm. big addition to this team that they didn't have all of last year. And look at how good they were last year without yeah. Cam Reyna. Yeah. And he's a top pick. So you throw Cam Reyna in. Yes, he's not hipwood, but he he kind of changes the the dynamic of the forward line. The question is. How does Danaher handle being the man? Because with Hipwood there, Danaher could kind of be a little bit of second fiddle a little bit. Right, right. And with with Charlie Cameron being that Charlie Cameron being that kind of roving um Eddie Bat style small forward that picks up the picks up the the, the, the crumbs and snaps yeah. his goals. So Brisbane is my team that if anybody foils the Duggies or the Demons, it's Brisbane. The D's are just so good. The, yeah. Their question that I, that I posed to a lot of people was, is that the D's aren't a surprise this year. Last right, year, right. they were a surprise. Nobody expected them. I mean, both you and I, I know you've said it on your podcast. I said it too. We didn't have the D's in the finals. Nobody, very few people had the D's in the finals, let alone minor premiers and premiers at the end yeah, of the season. Yeah. But this year, they're the hunted. Absolutely, everybody yes. is after them this year so it's not going to be the same yes by halfway through the season everybody knew the demons were one of the best teams and they showed it but they did have that little lull there where they weren't playing as good a footy will it be the same consistency that they had last year is the biggest question there so I, if i'm a melbourne demons fan, is that no this year you are the hunted you yeah, are not yeah. the hunty you were the hunted the dongs were the hunty last right. year this year could be the other way around and and Brisbane might get Eric Hipwood back towards the end of the season. And if you get a, a rebuilt and I guess you could say fresh Eric Hipwood coming in as other Mm -hmm. clubs, you know, bodies are beginning to wear down towards the end of the season that could bode very well for them come finals time. So you may be onto something there. And if, you know, it's, it's, and you know, they've got as, you know, almost as quality a midfield as some of the other clubs that, that are looked at as having, you know, the, the top-notch midfields, you know, yep. as, as the, the yep. D's and as the Bulldogs, you could put the, the, the Lions midfield up there against anybody and not have it pale in comparison. Yep. They, they, with Lockie Neal, Zorko, and some of the guys that are there, it, that is, that is a dangerous, dangerous Lions yeah. team. If they get going yeah. and the gap, the gap is not easy to play at. And they showed last year, they they can play down in Victoria. So mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be fun. I mean, like we're all crossing our fingers that we see an MCG grand final this year, but you never know, but I'm the Bris, Brisbane's that smoky team that, that I think could, could nip one of those top two. It's going to be fun to watch. 
Now, do you think the do you think that uh, Lance Franklin actually is going to pass Plugger this year in terms of the Swans' all-time goal kicker there because he needs forty-eight to pass him? Do you think he gets forty-eight this year? He kicked fifty-one last year, and again, he played a lot. He played a lot more games than I yeah. was expecting. I, I think it depends on how Coach how Horst Longmire handles him. If he does kind of my thing of two on, two off, mm-hmm. maybe. I, 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 it really kind of depends. I mean, if he has, if he kicks a bag of five or six, a couple of times, it, yeah. it's going to make it much easier. Right. And he can, he, he showed last year, he could do it. Still got he's, it yeah. he's still, he's not at the peak of his powers. Like he was, but he right. still has, he still has that pace that I think a lot of people are surprised for a guy, his size. Um, I, I, I hate making those predictions. I think he does. I, I think he gets back to 50 again. I think, I think the way he's been playing and I, I, I hate saying, I think they are going to be a little buddy centric until they get him to a thousand. If he can get a thousand in the first two games, he's got a good shot. If a thousand takes longer, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot harder. So I, I think first two games, if he can get a thousand done in the first two games, he's got a shot. If he, if he doesn't, then I don't think he gets to plug her this year. Okay. Do you think he comes back next year? All indications that I'm hearing, yes. Okay. The Swans are very keen to keep him because he has done so well. I think as a Swans fan, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this, I don't mean this jealously. I want him to take a pay cut. I, I want some of that money that he's been he's been being paid. I, I take a little bit less to keep guys like Logan McDonald, Isaac Keenies, Errol Goodens, Brian Campbell's, mm-hmm. Will Goulds, Jake, uh, Jake Lloyd's up for his his contract extent his his contract is up after this year he is a key cog in that back line so if buddy agrees to take a little bit of a take take a pay cut not i, I don't know 600,000 700,000 something a little bit less than he's used to if he can do that I, yeah i'd love to have him back he puts he puts bums in seats i mean it's hard to argue that that's, the, that's the sydney too. the sydney fan base that contract, that contract that everybody said, that nine-year contract that was so, so controversial, mm-hmm. in my opinion, as a Swans fan, yes, we didn't win a flag. It was worth it. Right. Because look, look at the, look at the membership numbers. Look at how many games that the Swans won while he was, while he was playing. Look at the roster that's there. Look at the outpouring of, of love for him and the fact that he's been able to play footy and he hasn't been that fishbowl type of character that he had been in Melbourne. So yeah. I'd love to have him back one more year if, if, but it's up to him. If his oh, body is able absolutely. to go. Yes. Yeah. If he wants to be back in Sydney colors, I would, well, I would love to have him back, but I just don't want to cost a will gold, a younger player right, in the right. process. Like if that makes sense. Well, maybe one of those players enjoys fishing and wants to head down to Geelong to fill in one of the, one of the spots that we're going to have open next year. Uh, well, we'll have to see. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the fishing's great down there. <clears throat> so the season ends 2022 season is over. Whatever game that happens to be for Sydney. I, I'm, I don't know what, what, what game that's going to be. If it's, you know, if they're hoisting the, the, the cup, but what does the end of the year headline for the Swans say? Oh, uh, and, and Carolyn, how, Carolyn, by the way, she'll set aside a copy of the paper for you and get it in the, and put it in the post for you. Oh, I would absolutely love that. It, I've got a, I've got a few Swannies people probably would would love to do that for me as as much as I love chatting with them. Um, I would I would love something like especially if, if they were to somehow win the flags is the is the signets the the, the baby Swans help host help hoist the flag or some, something to that effect or, or 
something like young young blood young bloods prove 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 flag champion or something to that is something evolving because this is such a this is a young side that we've mm-hmm. got a lot of youngsters under under the age of 25 right right that i think we're, they're building a nice little nice little stable um foundation for the next five to ten years so i mean if they were to somehow win the flag i mean i would i would go off that is saying that the young swans the young bloods find a way to get it done like i that would be mine yeah, because they'll they're, they'll have uh, by the time the season's done, if my calculations right here, they'll have eight players who are on the north side of thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you've got three, six, eight, ten, ten players right now who are twenty or under right now, mm-hmm. um, and a couple of them already have you know fifteen plus games under their belt. So that's that bodes well for them going forward here. So. If you had the chance to sit down and have a chat with leadership of the AFL, what would you want to talk to them about? Oh man, I, I think, and I'll, I'll wrap you up this. I would love to find a way to get a somehow a syndicated radio show um, here in the States um, that's more consistent. Like I, I know that they had the Eddie McGuire show, which I thought I thought was a great idea. Mm-hmm. But I just, I would love to find it. I'd love to see if they were, they could find a way to get it on Spotify or to get it, get it on XM, um, XM radio, something to get, even, even if it was, even if it is, is a couple of Aussies doing it, um, just something to get more of a consistent voice here in the States. I mean, I'd love to see ESPN have a footy corner where they're talking to somebody about footy for 20 minutes, even if it's at 2 a.m. in the morning. I'd love to see it. It's probably not going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. But I, I, I would love to see the AFL invest more here in the States because I think, as you stated in your podcast, even if you get 1% of the population over here, that's 3.3 million people. Yeah. That's a lot of eyes, ears and attention spans and dollars (laughs) that can not only go into the a not not only go into the afl pot but could also potentially lead to to more expansion here in the usafl and and i've brought this up to a few people and and it's gotten some eye rolls from some australians is that for me the one thing that irked me off is aflx was horribly horribly done if they wouldn't have buggered it like and I'll you I'll use the Aussie slang here. If they didn't bugger that whole thing up, I think AFLX could have grown over here and potentially been professional. Because if you take a tennis side tournament on a rugby pitch, smaller pitch, mm-hmm. so none of the stadiums here in the states would have a problem being able to host it. Right, right. You could play a professional league here in the states of AFLX, and you wouldn't have to lose any capacity in any of the stadiums throughout the country think about that point that's a good point that you could get aflx the expert which again i loved the idea i loved the thought process and like many european teams they play nine aside tournaments Mm -hmm. for me throw a 10th person in so you get three four in the middle so you have rock and three midfielders and then three forward so you've got a 10 person team yeah you can play aflx you don't have to have the, the the game changer 20 point person and you don't even have to have the three point line 10 point goal give me six give me one and let them play footy that way with 10 aside and i think it, it, it would be a fun enough product you could sell it to more people over here in the states 
that it could grow very, very popular because it's physical, yeah. but it's athletic and it's high scoring because right, right. it's shorter field. You get a good, you get a Daniel Rich 70 meter kick. You can almost kick in at the goals. That's, That's how. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, it was one of the things that I almost got angry about because many Aussies kind of pushed their nose up to it because of the way it was done. And I said, they lost a perfect opportunity to expand here in the States because I thought AFLX was perfect. And I, yeah. and I, I, I know it's going to ruffle some feathers for some Australians that, that listen to you, but AFLX was the perfect way to expand here in the States and they buggered it. Well, and it was, it was in some ways, you know, they, 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 it wasn't exactly like this, but it was almost kind of like what the, the NFL has done recently with, with putting games on Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that, you know, that it was, it was really, really gimmicky. Yep. And uh, you know, it's, but if you, if you played it in a serious setting, I, th- I think you're right that that could be, that could be something that would be tremendous to see here um and i you know i think it i think it's a more exciting a product than than rugby um you know i'm i announce soccer but i'm not a mm-hmm. soccer fan mm-hmm. I, I i i don't watch soccer other than the two high school teams at the school where i teach you know mm-hmm. i i've said this and i'll say it again i think soccer is a communist sport because they don't let you use all your body parts they penalize you for being faster than your opponent. You know, it's just, it's, uh, oh, you're off sides. You've, you've gone too fast. You can't do that. You know, it's, I, I just, I'm not, I'm sorry. Just let the players play. You want to open, you want to open up scoring in soccer, get rid of the offside rule. Let, it's, let it's, some, a fun, it's a, it's a fun argument, but you can almost make that same argument for the offside rule when it comes to hockey, because you, 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 you take away the cherry picking. Like I, well, I, and I understand, and everybody, everybody loves different things. Like, and I'm, I'm a nut. I love everything. Like there's not a sport I don't watch, but I'm, I'm one of those, I kind of don't mind that rule because it keeps a guy from just standing three feet in front of the goalie and going, Hey, kick it to me. I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what they're doing. Do, do I understand what you're, what you're saying? And, and yeah. I understand and, and again, to each their own, everybody can, right, can right. love sports differently. But for me, I, I love the tacticality because it's it's proving that can you time your run perfectly to get behind the defenders? I don't know if it's a fast thing, but it's more of you have to outthink them. Okay, that's so, that's fair. That's and, I've not I've not it, had anybody mention it that way before, but that's yep. okay. That's a fair assessment. And it's the cherry the cherry picking thing because yeah. it's the same thing with hockey. Why you why you have offsides with hockey because you don't want some guy standing three feet in front of the crease just pounding his stick when his team gets the puck to pass it to him. So then he can shoot and score 70 goals because nobody's there to stop him if everybody's up there. So it it keeps, it kind of keeps everybody close to the puck or, or close to the, to the football in that process. So. Okay. So you're talking me out of it now. Now now I got to go watch some damn soccer now. And I don't, I don't want to do that. I I want to, you don't have to, all I I was trying, all I was trying to do is, is explain kind of, I think that's the reason why that rolls there. I, I wanted to go be a Chelsea fan and they told me that I'm not allowed to. They, they said, I can't I be it. a Chelsea fan. They said, thou uh, shalt funny. not go to the games. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean that's, I, that's just, that's an interesting thing. So are you ready for some trivia questions? 
I would, I would love to. I, I know I didn't, I didn't do too bad last time, and you had, you had some doozy ones that even caught me off a little bit. So I've been, I've been diving through some of the statistics a little bit, trying, trying to see if I can stay up on this. Okay. But, but uh, you, 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 do your best. We'll see here. Okay, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven of them for you here. Okay. All right. Who had the highest on-ground percentage for the Swans in 2021? Oh boy. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It wasn't Buddy. Yeah. No, again, Buddy. <laughs> buddy missed at least the first couple of games. So I knew that was uh, probably my best guess is probably a defender. My first, I would lean. It, it's two guys. It's either Jake Lloyd or Luke Parker would probably be the two guys that I think would be right off the top of my head. Well, you're going to be climbing the pole about this one now since you got it wrong. Oh, Dane Rampy. Oh, that was the, I, I told you, I knew it would be, I, knew, I thought it would be a defender. And I know he's, he tends to take, he tends to take the full forward or at least the most dangerous forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the, I knew there was one other one that I was thinking of because I know they, they rotated a lot in the back with Rick, with Fox having to come in late. Um, so Georgie Hugh in, in, uh, Melican had been out and in and out. So yeah, I, I knew it was, it was either Lloyd or Rampy or Luke Parker would be the 90, top three, most likely. 95.3%. That's, that's pretty significant amount of time out there. I had, yeah. uh, I think when I, when I talked to uh, David Lloyd, when we previewed Port Adelaide, Alira Lears was at over 98%. Yeah. Unbelievable. He never yep. came off the ground. Yeah. Well, All right. he, he was just he was he was just so helpful for their team last yeah. year with his his intercept marking ability. I I I, I hated seeing him go, but I'm happy right. he's successful there. Yeah. But I hated seeing him go because he what he he was that at Sydney. It was just they had they had a few other people there that we, so he didn't get to have his peak of powers. Plus, he had to play rock a lot that last mm -hmm. season, and I think that kind of perturbed him a little. All right, three players for the. Swans last year had more than 100 tackles. Can you tell me who two of them were? Oh, uh, go right off the top of my head. Let me think about it. Um, uh, most likely Luke Parker for sure. That's one of them. Yep. Because he's the midfield. It's got to be midfielders because they were tackling a lot. Um, Joey Kennedy would Just be another Kennedy. one. Josh Kennedy had a hundred. Awesome. Do you want to try the third one or do you want me to just tell you? Oh, trying to think. It's not, a, Probably, it's not a name that's been mentioned so far tonight. Yeah. I'm trying to think about, I'm trying to think about this. Not, not one of the defenders midfield. Um, oh, uh, robot. <laughs> James Robottom. Yep. <laughs> besides the besides the, the the clue, thank God there's there's no visual there's no visual to this podcast. He's oh, doing the row the I, boat thing, and I looked. I happened to look up, and I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> I, I didn't do a thing. I'm just I'm just sitting here in a closet. I'm just sitting here. Okay. Now, in the Swans' history, since they've been in South Melbourne through their entire history, what mm -hmm. club have the Swans defeated more than any other club? Oh. I'll give you a hint. It's not GWS or Gold Coast. It's probably a Victorian. My, my, my best guess is a Victorian team because of the because the longest period of time they were in Victoria, but they were South Melbourne. Oh, my first get my first thought is either Carlton or Collingwood. But if not, 
what the heck? Let's 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 go calling. Let's go Collingwood. It's either Collingwood or Carlton. Is my best guess. Okay, it is St Kilda. St Kilda. Ah, that's one hundred and thirty-eight times. Yeah, the Saints had all those years. They did have those years where they weren't playing well. I, I knew I, I knew it was a Victorian team because of the fact mm-hmm. that they were South Melbourne for the longest period of time. So I knew it was that at least. Now, which two players have kicked more than five hundred goals in Swans history? One's got to be Plugger, for sure. He's shaking his head. <laughs> I knew that. Uh, no. Oh, um, only Swans players. Um, Goodsy. No. Oh, nope. geez. I'm I'm striking out big time here on this one. Oh, geez. Not Plugger. Not Goodsy. Uh, I'm not sure. Would he? I'm I'm blank. I'm blanking on this one because it's it's, it's a little little passing because it wouldn't be right or I don't well, not sure if right. Or I, I will tell you there. one one of them, one of them left the game, played his final game in 2009, and one of them you may not get because he played his final game in 1946. Yeah, 46. And he was evidently gone during the war because he played from 30 to 39 and then came back and played in 46. Oh, geez. And I've, I've done some of the research into that. I'm, I'm bring, I, I, you're going to have to tell me because I'm, okay. I'm totally in Bob. Bob Pratt with 681. Pratt, and yep, Michael, Pratt. Michael O'Laughlin with 521. Mickey O. Um, I, knew there was, I knew there was a forward there that I was missing. Yep, Mickey O, who was with Goodsy. Yep. Adam Adam Goods ah. was at 464. He was he was not too far behind. He was and, he, and he's and Barry Hall is in between there at 467. Yep. And plug, uh I'm trying to think of what Plugger did actually kick up at Sydney because I know he got most of his goals down in St. Kilda. He got 462 with Sydney. Yeah. Yep. So Alrighty, here we go. Um, which two coaches are the only two in Swan's history? To win over 100 games. Trying to think if John, if John's, if Horse is actually one, I think, I think John, would John Longmire, the the current coach, have 100 wins? He he actually has the most. Yeah. And that's 159. Yeah. I knew he would be one. The biggest thing is is that would it be um, a recent like uh, Rocket Eat? Did he get a hundred? Paul Ruse. I knew I, I, it was either Rocket Eat or Paul Ruse. I knew it was one of those two. Yep. I knew it was one of those two. Uh, I, was, I was like, I was like, I knew I was going to pull the one that was wrong. Uh, so, yep, Ruse. Okay, let's see here. We've got uh, um, two more questions. Cute. Who did Sydney defeat in their most recent finals win? North Melbourne. Mm. No, no, no. Uh, what's what year? Give me, give me. Twenty seventeen. Oh geez, and I should know this because I watched every game that season. As I joined in sixteen, 
North Melbourne was the last one they beat in 16 before they lost the doggies in the final. Uh, Essendon. It was Essendon, yes. Yep. It was Essendon. Yep. 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 I, I I had had to go through it because I remember because they is they they played that one and then lost the next week to Geelong if I remember correctly. Okay. These four players who have all played in this century are the only four to play three hundred games in a Swans jumper. Well, Adam Goods would be one. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm gonna have to now I have to brain. Um, former captain. Oh my gosh. I'm totally, I'm totally brain farting on a name. And it's like, I'm, I'm losing it here. It's like one of them was just mentioned here recently. Uh, O'Loughlin. Mm-hmm. There's two. And then, Oh my gosh, why am I why am I brain farting at like the worst possible time? I'm like he was recently a captain. Okay. I'm I'm all right. Sure. So ladies and gentlemen, I have a confession to make. I uh I made a quick run to the bathroom here during the course of our conversation. And uh guess what? Uh sometimes when you get old, you forget to do things. So you uh occasionally forget to hit the record button which i did and uh, donnie and i just had a fantastic 20 minute conversation where we got talking about uh toby green and uh whether or not other clubs would like to have him we talked about the 37th president of the united states tricky dick nixon as well but before we wrapped up here i wanted to make sure that i could uh, you know because we got done with everything and i'm looking at my screen going i didn't hit record that time so I wanted to make sure we could uh, talk to Donnie about where people can uh, can find him uh, to listen to his show and check out what he's doing. So, Donnie, could you tell us for the first time where pe- where people can listen to you, sir? Awesome. Well, if you want to catch my AFL AFL men's competition reviews, that is on Fourth and Long Radio on YouTube. There's also a subsection in the playlist in the play section called Donnie's Disposals, where I have a couple of interview series that I've done, both American and U.S. fans, and also my AFLW fan, my AFLW round reviews that I do, which I'm so excited. We're getting closer and closer to finals. If you want to follow me on, on any of the socials, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Facebook. Coach has 40 for both Twitter and Instagram. Donnie has look for the Des Moines Roosters logo for me on Facebook. I'd love to reach out and to chat with more and more people. I, I love talking with, with footy fans from all over the world, especially Australians. It's so much fun to chat with you. So if you want to reach out, I'd be more than willing to chat footy or even cricket if you want as well. So will are there uh, Des Moines Roosters stickers that are going to be available soon? We are working on it. Okay. I, I am working with our president on that. And, and I, I told, like I told you before, if we get them in, I am getting one out to you because we, we, we have to get the roosters logo on your awesome desk that you have in your classroom. I, I absolutely want to, you know, if, if you haven't seen that yet, I did post that on my socials. I've got about 60 different footy related stickers that are up on my big drafting table desk in my classroom. So I'm trying to cover that there. It's kind of my, my goal before actually before I retire, because when I retire, that desk is going to be going with me because it's no longer on any inventory list in our school district. It was it was destined for the ash heap of history because it's probably an 80 year old desk. Well, Donnie, we had a great conversation here before I screwed up and didn't uh, 
uh, didn't go ahead and give you the, uh, you know, the record button there. So for that last question in the trivia there, um, the four players that uh, had played 300 games in the, in the Swans history, they were of course, Adam Goods, Jared McVeigh, Jude Bolton, and Michael O'Laughlin. And he did have all of those. Uh, and, and I, I promise he did not do any research while I ran to use the bathroom very quickly there. He had all of them ready to go there and I screwed up and didn't hit record, but it was a, it was a fun conversation. We got talking about my, uh, the blog post that I just put out recently. Hopefully you'll check that out. It did put that into an episode as well, but, uh, Donnie, thanks so much for coming on, man. This was great. I truly appreciate it. Uh, this is, you are a great ambassador for this game both, you know, the game being played in Australia and the game being played here in the U.S. And I don't have my cap on right now, but I would be tipping it to you if I did have it on. Oh, it's mutually, it's not mutually just to me. I I say the same thing to you. Um, We're trying to do what we can. As you've discussed in some of your episodes, we have at least three. We also have Roseanne out in New York that we're trying to do what we can to help spread this game because we love it so much yep there is a fourth yep. now so, i did find uh, awesome there's a couple of gentlemen out fantastic. in the san francisco area that i just found on twitter yesterday which i'm going to reach we'll out have to re- we'll have to reach out yes i have to reach out definitely get a hold of them because i think it'd be fun one time to do a, do a great u.s podcast with all of us together just chatting well, i, think, footy. I think that would be I, fantastic you know if we could pull that together i think we i think we certainly could do that because i i've never actually spoken to rosanna before i've traded messages with her on twitter but i've never spoken to her before but i think if we could actually do an episode where you know s- similar to our 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 planned discussion of last sunday night um Mm-hmm. and posting that zoom call up on uh and, and i'm glad you told me about the time change because i had i had completely forgotten about that but uh spring forward well you know what the 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 i'm gonna have to go back and look at my interview schedule now because i i think i'm still okay because my time isn't going to change until at or my interviews gonna be done before that so we shall see what happens because well, i don't think australia changes their time works. quite yet i think australia has well, a few more yet. weeks before they change theirs yeah, I, I think there's changes a little bit later. So we're, so. we're going to be down to 15 hour difference. Yay! Fantastic. <laughs> it's like it's almost like being there. <laughs> we can touch it. We can touch yes, it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Donnie, man, have a great evening. I truly appreciate it. No worries. No worries, Craig. You have a wonderful evening as well. And a huge thank you to Donnie Donnie Hess for being uh, so generous with his time. Don't forget that you can reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com as well as on Twitter at yank underscore on and on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. Again, you can also find my podcast over on my website, a yank on the I do hope you'll sign up on that mailing list. We've added about a half dozen new listeners to the email list. So those episodes show up in their mailbox before they show up anywhere else. And folks, with this recording right now, we are about 36 hours away from the start of this season and uh i'm excited i have one more preview episode recorded that i'm going to be working on releasing this evening and that is my son's episode i was never able to track down a richmond supporter hoping to still have that happen but it may be a little bit uh after the fact we love this game this is going to be a fantastic year and i do hope that you'll consider sharing the episode with your friends and family out on your social media it'll be a huge help I truly, truly appreciate it, and the kind words, they are not lost on me. The, the support is, it's it, the best word I can come up with is humbling, and I, 
I'm just a, you know, a one man operation here. And for those of you who haven't caught this on any of the other episodes, I've converted a walk-in closet into a little recording studio and I can literally touch the walls on all, well, walls on three of the four sides because there was a doorway in one spot, but I've removed the door. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm having a blast doing this. I'm enjoying engaging with all of you and I hope that you're enjoying the content that I'm providing. And it's, it's just an absolute delight to be able to do this and to, uh, to interact with so many of you. So, the season's starting. I hope your club has a great weekend, I guess, unless you're an Essendon supporter because, hey, I'm a Cat supporter, and, uh, well, this is going to be my one little homer moment here. Go Geelong, Car and the Cats. Folks, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 147 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com and on Instagram and on Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. And please check out the website, yankonthefooty.com, and consider getting on the email list. And if you like the show, love it. If you could drop me a review, that'd be a huge help. And until next time, everybody, this is Craig Wessels. Goodbye. <laughs>